Welcome to a special episode of the Causeway Street Podcast. Uh, the Celtics uh, lose another one, 89-72. to 0-2. What can we take away from this from this game besides the fact that I, I feel like the Celtics beat themselves more than the Hawks did? Oh, yeah. I, I think you're 100% right on that. The, the fact that the Celtics were the, – the Hawks did not – play extremely well that the Celtics couldn't keep up with them tonight. I think that's the biggest thing to take away from this is in the first two games, the Hawks didn't play great. They didn't play like, oh, this team is unbeatable. The Celtics just played like absolute dog diarrhea, man. Seriously, I like I don't want they can't hit open shots. They're turning the ball over. They're not forcing that many turnovers. They're not able to they're not playing with confidence. They're not they're not doing the things that the Celtics should be doing to make that has made themselves successful this entire year. So, um, uh, am I concerned? That's a tough question to, to answer. I got to see how they play at home. But I mean, that's a that's a big turnaround from 102 points, 101 points in uh, game one to 72 points here in game two. Well, and, and all you really missed was was Bradley, who who put up 18 points. Well, in the yeah. last game, but. I mean, Olenek didn't play either, but Olenek, what did he do in the first game? Yeah, I think I think it, you're just looking now at the fact that you're you're a deep team. The Celtics are a deep team, but they can't win if Thomas and Crowder and Turner and, if and Smart if they're not on, they're not going to win a game. Isaiah Thomas led the uh, led the Celtics with 16 points, but on four miraculously, 15, I know. How right? the hell did that even happen? Well, I think because uh, Johnson got taken out midway through that fourth well, quarter. Yeah, Johnson got in foul trouble when Johnson was, Johnson was rolling there for a little bit, but then he got three straight fouls on three straight uh, Atlanta Hawks possessions. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean Johnson finished uh, with 14 points, six from 11 from the field, had eight rebounds. I feel like he was the only one doing anything positive. For the yeah, Celtics. I think yeah he he got a, he had a quick hook in the first quarter, and then the second quarter he closed out the he closed out the half and got them within he he was single handedly bringing them back from the I think it was like a twenty two point deficit or twenty one point deficit that they had at one point he was bringing them back in the game with with you know truthfully like some nice little post moves the Celtics dominated the first half points in the paint but. Yeah, then sec then third quarter comes around, he's playing he's playing well again, he's bringing them back and then foul trouble. And then they have no one that can come in to to pick up where Amir Johnson left off. Well, Terry Rozier came in with uh, with 24 minutes of action off the bench, scored 10 points, uh had four rebounds. Evan Turner had 12 points and five rebounds, but everyone else was Straight duds. Everyone else sucked. You could just basically say it that way. Jay Crowder, one for nine from the field. Which is putrid. Marcus Smart, one for 11 from the field. And putrid. Jared Sullinger only, only took five shots and made two of them. And everyone else, like I said, it's just, it's, I, I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what to take away from this game except the fact that, like, they got into a big hole again, started off the game on a, you know, the Hawks started off. On the twenty-four to three run, and the Celtics never recovered from that in the first five minutes of the game. I mean, you could basically sum this game up in 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 one sentence: the fact that the Celtics scored only seven points in the first quarter. That is the lowest point total in an opening quarter 
in NBA playoff history. You can't come back from that, as good as the Celtics are from coming back from deficits. If you score seven points in the first quarter, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I feel like, you know, you know what's, you know what's awful? You know what's absolutely awful is that Kyle Korver outscored the Celtics in the first quarter. And so did the rest of the Atlanta Hawks, minus Kyle Korver in the first quarter. That, I, you can't even like subtract Kyle Korver and say it was a close game. They've still been getting outscored. It, it, ridiculous, ridiculous start. And you know what? I I, I want to ask Joe Sway about this because I know he's. I, I know we're gonna have him on soon. But sometime this this ha- this question has to be asked. And I don't want to be the bear of negativity because I love the guy. But a uh, uh, Brad Stevens, what are you doing to prepare these guys for the game? <laughs> right. Know. I mean, didn't he say he wasn't going? Wasn't going to go any more than nine deep? And he, I think everyone played tonight, right? Well, and and I mean, obviously everyone's going to play at the end of the game. But if you're so good at getting the second half when you're down, why can't you just do that in the first in the first period in the first quarter? I mean, I I heard I heard someone talk about this today. They said, you know, the way the Celtics are playing, they're they're able to come back in these games, but why aren't they able to start the game well? That's gotta be on the coach. It's gotta be on the coach. Well, I think I think some of those uh, some of the substitutions were like some panic moves early on. I mean, you saw RJ Hunter in the first quarter. You saw Terry Rozier in the first quarter. Tyler Zeller came in early. They're definitely desperation moves, but yeah. you gotta think if if the Celtics aren't playing well, the the last thing a coach wants to do is to just let whatever's happening go on out there. No, it he has to try to change it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, motivation wise, which is yeah. a big part of being a coach, right? Yeah. No, it trickle. It trickles you gotta down. get your players ready to right. start a game. They right. gotta come off. Like, look at the way the Hawks started tonight. Yeah. They were on fire. Corver was back. Bazemore was hitting shots in the first. Um, Al Horford had a, had another strong start to the game, and you're sitting there looking at seven points in the first quarter. Brad Stevens. Coach of the year candidate, don't get me wrong, great coach, is now 0-6 in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and almost every game they've come out flat. The Celtics overall are 0-7 since 2013 in the playoffs. Damn. So, Sway, 0-7. what are your thoughts on tonight's monstrosity of a game by the Celtics in game two? That was ugly, wasn't it? It, it, was, it was atrocious. That was terrible. Oh, man. Guys, let's just. Call it what it is, man. I mean, first of all, I don't know. You guys are probably not going to like this, but I'm just going to say it right now. First of all, this is a young team playing at Atlanta, right? They lost their guy named Amy Bradley, who was easily their MVP in game one. But that's not even for debate. I mean, yeah, Thomas was able to, to score almost 30 points in that first game, but if you look at what Amy Bradley did throughout that entire Throughout that entire second half, and even throughout the first half, he was the only one that was knocking down shots. I said this before the before game one. I said it before the game game two. My my preview piece: knocking down jump shots is going to be huge for this team because the the Atlanta Hawks continue to challenge the Celtics to shoot. And if you don't knock down your jumpers, they're going to they're not going to change their ways. One and two, they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop uh, protecting the paint. How many layups did Marcus Smart miss in game two? How many layups did I How many rail layups did I Thomas miss throughout this game? I mean, these are, this isn't just a, a coincidence. This is not just a, a, a tale of two guys having a bad game. This is a testament of Atlanta's interior defense. And I think until the Celtics are knocking down shots, this is going to continue to happen. 
However, we've seen this team all season long. We've seen, we've seen what Jay Crowder has done. We've seen what Isaiah Thomas has done. There's no chance they're going to they're continue to shoot this poorly from the floor. No so, chance. So, Sway, what is, what is the biggest issue with the Celtics in the first two games so far this year? Defensively, in the first quarter, they just get outplayed. They're getting out-hustled. They're getting, like, like Atlanta just looks like a team that wants it more for, 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 for one. All right, Number two, I'm going to say the biggest reason why they're getting in these deep holes is because it's almost like they're just not – one, they're, they're getting to the hoop, but they're not – Atlanta's defense is there waiting for them. They're not moving the ball around. I feel like I saw a little – I don't know. I don't want to call it hero ball. But I feel like I saw a little bit of that in the first half, where some people were, or guys wanted to just kind of, you know, get themselves out of the hole, thinking that you know there's a one or two shots that's going to put them right back into it. I mean, they, they have to move that ball around, and I think, I think they really miss Avery Bradley on the defensive end. Yeah, Avery Bradley was tremendous for them in Game One offensively, but now that he's out of the way, you see what what Kyle Korver did. You see guys like R.J. Hunter that have to chase him around. I mean, R.J. Hunter shouldn't even have to guard Korver. In the series, RJ Hunter can't guard me. No, he can't. He can't guard anyone. He really can't. I mean, he's a decent passer. Yeah, he made a couple of uh, good passes, and we know what his bread and butter is. But that's not going down either. He can't even get the shot off. How's he going to get blocked twice? How's he going to get blocked twice from the three point by by Kyle Korver by by everybody? I mean, I I, hey, I don't. But he wasn't. He wasn't the only one. Like he was more of like a, a. a True. desperate, a desperate move on right, Brad right. on Brad Stevens' part. And guys, listen, man, this this Hawks team, man, they're they're playing solid defense, man. I mean, I heard you guys in the game talking about that. You know, the Celtics beat themselves. I, I'm gonna have to disagree and say Atlanta beat they beat the Celtics. Yeah, the, the Celtics missed a few layups here and there, and yeah, they didn't knock down open shots that they usually knock down, and yeah, they made a couple turnovers that was that you know unlike them. But let's not forget, Atlanta's playing great defense. Well, I think. But, I think the Celtics so, are making again, it. So, so playing good defense too, though. Celtics playing good defense. They are. That's the reason why they they hung around. I mean, you know, for the, eleven points, twelve, thirteen points in that second half. Well, I mean, the I mean, this the, the Hawks only scored eighty nine points this time around. Teague's didn't go off. Millsap was irrelevant tonight. So, I mean, it's not like the Celtics are completely out of out of these games, especially especially in game one. But here in here in game two, I I just I feel like something is not right offensively with the Celtics. Whether it's injury, whether it's just like they're in their own heads, something is is off. They're not playing with that sense of urgency. They're not. There's there's no, there's no rhythm. There's no. They're just they're just off. What do you think? Well, I, I I think to go on what Sway said there, the Hawks are able to play really good interior defense, which you've noticed when the Celtics are driving, they're not getting anything. They're getting blocked. They're not getting a call. They're not able to go up strong. I mean, there's a lot of the the, Celtic, the Hawks. I will give that to the Hawks. They're able to play really good interior defense, and they're swarming the ball when it gets into the paint. But the reason why they're able to play that interior defense is the Celtics can't knock down a single shot from the outside. If you're not respected, if you're not a respected shooting team. They're going to give you that shot. They're going to allow you to drive, and they're just right. going to focus on that and that defense in the interior. So, I mean, exactly. the Celtics, exactly. they need to be able to hit that hit shots to have any chance of scoring or getting to the free throw line uh, going forward in this series. Well, the, the Celtics shot 31.8% from the field to the Hawks' 39% from the field. Uh, the Celtics attempted 28 threes, only making five of them, while the Hawks attempted 29 and made 11 of them from behind the arc. 
it's not a huge discrepancy. But in that's the, a uh, difference in your game right there. The three I know. point shooting. You're right, but it's not a huge discrepancy shooting wise overall between these two teams because the Hawks they start off well, but you know once the Celtics start their defense gets into gear, it's hard to come from come back or climb out of a hole when you're trying to play hard nosed defense and hit shots at the same time. Right, so, exactly. And and the Hawks they they had to hear about Saturday night's game for the last three days. I mean, I know for a fact because the intensity they had on defense, I mean, you can just see it. You see Schroeder guarding Isaiah Thomas with five minutes left. They're up by 20 points. He's playing, he's guarding him as if the game is tied. I mean, they know what the Celtics are capable to do, uh, capable of doing when they, when they're down big. And the fact that they gave up that 19 point lead, they haven't forgotten that. Regardless of the fact that they won the game, they know that they cannot let that happen again against the, against the Celtics because they know that the Celtics have that ability to do that. And so, uh, it, that, you know, what sucks is that that's sort of like a, the fact that the Celtics didn't win that game, that sort of sucks right. for the Celtics, right? Yeah, because they could have stole one. Exactly. They I mean, they could have stole they, one without Avery Bradley. They could have stole one when the Hawks weren't ready for it because they obviously weren't ready for it in game one. And I don't think they were really ready for it in game two because I don't think the Hawks did anything tonight that proved to me that they were uh, – they're a they're an unstoppable team or an unbeatable team, like, or or a far inferior team to the Celtics, right? Because when we were losing to the Cavs and we lost both games at in Cleveland last year, you looked at it and you said, "Ah, well, okay, let's just come back to Boston. Let's try to win one and lose it in five. You know, like we that that was really the expectation. But I I I don't think that. I mean, you know, I know that Tommy got a lot of press for saying this, and he said, you know, Al Horford's not a superstar. The Hawks yeah. don't really have any superstars on this team. Right. I mean, right. at the end of the day, like, okay, everyone was so worried about Paul Millsap going off and owning the series. He has been a pedestrian player so far in this series. Right. He right. hasn't and even beat us. Right, and that's the difference between last year and this year. All right, the Celtics aren't facing, they don't have to worry about LeBron James taking over. They don't have to worry about someone like LeBron who's going to, you know, a race, a quick deficit, and then start a run on his own and finish the game with close to 40 points. And exactly. there's no one on the Hawks team that's going to be able to do that. So that's that's something that works in the Celtics' favor. Also, we talked about this all season long. This is a better team than last year. This is a better team. I don't I, I still I don't see this team getting swept. I still see this team with a with a good chance to take two in Boston, which is which is my original prediction. Of course, even Bradley's injury sort of, you know, kind of decreases their chances of pulling that off. But again, I, if Jay Crowder's knocking down his jump shots, like Dan Thomas is doing the same, if, if Jared Saunders if. can give me something, I mean, man, where is Saunders? Have you guys seen him? Is he, did anybody, can someone send the stretch team for the guy? Because yeah. there's nowhere to be found in these first two games. Well, you can't, you can't miss him when he's on the court, but he ain't doing shit. He's doing anything. He's not doing anything. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you need to take him out of the lineup because, I mean, who are you going to replace him with? But what I am going to say is there's a reason why he only played 14 minutes tonight. There's a big reason why. And I think Stevens has him on a short leash until he can give the Celtics some sort of offense. I mean, I, I don't see him, I honestly don't see him banging down well with Millsap and, and Horford. I, I don't see that happening. So what I see out of Sollinger is that jump shot that we've seen him make. And I'm not talking about a three-pointer. No, I don't want him, I want to start chucking threes now. I'm talking about right above the free throw line, dead center. I the mid-range, the mid-range, yeah. Shot. Right, the mid-range shot. Well, he did, he Open did shot, hit. Pull out, pull out Horford. Pull out Milford, open up that middle a bit. If you make a few of those, that's that's gonna happen. You're gonna open up the middle a bit. Now I'm not saying the Celtics need to, you know, have their offense go around Sollinger, 
But if you can just give the Celtics something, Sully, I mean, if you can just give them 10 points, give them that threat to sort of get the offense, to spark the offense somewhat, I don't hate that plan. And I don't even care about the scoring from Selinger. I just need him to rebound. I just need him to yeah, be down low, banging, and not get boxed out and look like look like he's a guard down there. Like they're they're making him look like a guard. I think so so I guess I guess I want to bring this up too, go looking at game three, right? The Celtics haven't as I said, Horford's had a good se- good series. Teague's had a good series. But the best player on the team has been Millsap, and he's done nothing so far in this playoff series. Celtics have truly gotten beat by three guys, which is sad, but Three guys, Bazemore, Mike Scott, and Kyle Korver. Over the first two games, those are the three players that have made significant plays, big shots. I mean, you look tonight, Korver, I think, had like five or six threes. Bazemore had 24 in the first game. Scott had like 12 in the first game, had some big shots tonight to stop some Celtics runs. I mean, those are the type of players that... You looked at the bench to start, or not the bench, but I guess a supporting cast to start off. You thought the Celtics had that locked down, but now I, I, I'm not. I'm not so convinced. So, I mean, what are what what can the Celtics do? Let's hypothetically say Olenek's not able to go. Which, by the way, I'm I'm holding back all my Olenek thoughts for right now because I am steaming the fact that he didn't play tonight. Um, but what can the Celtics do without Olenek, without Bradley, to try to make up for this, this you know, the unsung heroes of the series that are beating the Celtics so far? I I still like the starting lineup. I know it's hard to say after what happened in Game Two, but I like the starting lineup. I don't think you, I don't think Steven should tweak that. But in terms of unsung heroes, I don't hate seeing Jeremko take that three in the corner. He took it a few times and then it was go down, but I don't hate seeing him set up for that shot. Um, Rozier, wow, what a, what a way to, to show, you know, your coach that, hey, I can give you some valuable minutes here. I mean, he was all over the boards. He was, you know, pushing the ball. I mean, I don't, that's the thing. That's what I want to see from these guys. I want to see some intensity, you know? I mean, that was the only finish with, I don't know, I don't know exactly how many points. I mean, it was like less than 10 points, but yeah, just the way he was dribbling the ball, the way he was moving it, the way he was, uh, cutting to the hoop. He, he cut to the, to the basket. Isaiah Thomas, uh, five, I think it was Isaiah Thomas. Find him for a quick two right underneath the basket. I mean, he just looks confident. He looks, he's like bouncy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't see that same intensity. I saw a little bit out of Evan Turner, um, in the, right after the, right after the halftime. I thought that was a great sign. Uh, that's one player I'm not worried about because he's just going to be consistent, I believe, uh, from this point on. I think he had a decent game. You know, uh, he, he finished, he filled, he'll, he filled the stat line like he usually does. I think those are, those are three guys right there that come off the bench, but I'm, I'm going to, Go on a limb and say that we'll, we'll see Kelly Olynyk in, in Game Three or Four or, or both of them. Yeah, it's, uh, as, so long as, as long as as long as he gets that sand out of his vagina, man, he'll be back in the back in. Yeah, you, you know, you would think he would just give it a go a bit, but maybe it was nah, a man. Doctor. He. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. It's, the, it, it, it's his birthday, man. Don't shit on him too much. On top of everything, on top of everything, the guy's Canadian, dude. He probably grew up playing hockey. What's He's, that to do with anything? Are you serious? The, can, dude, the hockey... If he, ugh, You know what? I'm not even going to get started on it because I'm sorry. You, you partially separated your shoulder in February. It's now April. And you're sore, you have a sore shoulder, and you can't go in game two of a must-win playoff. That, th- tonight was sort of a, if you want to 
take over the series. It's a must-win game. Now it's a back-against-the-wall must-win game, win or go home game in game three. But you need to play tonight. Well, and he's sitting there rubbing his shoulder on the sideline. Take some damn Toradol shots. Act like a man. Act like an athlete. And get out on the court. Jesus. What do I – What? what is he – what, why? Why? It's his birthday. He doesn't want to take Toradol on his birthday. Doesn't want to take no painkillers on his birthday. Are you kidding me? This is the biggest game of his career. Well, maybe they just, maybe they just, like Sway said, they're just not mentally there yet. They, they're, uh, Kelly Olynyk is definitely not mentally there. I thought he was going to be the damn X factor in this series. He's sitting on the bench. I don't, I don't know, man. I, all I, all I know is, all I know is that it has been a very disappointing first two games of the series well i mean after after losing by one point in game one you thought they would have came with a better sense of urgency this time around and they played worse i get it avery bradley's out uh kelly Olenek, to a certain degree you know you you miss him in certain areas but this is like like you said this was kind of like a must-win game but now now you're down 2-0 coming back to boston game three is a must-win i don't care what anybody says it's a must-win game if you if you if you if the Celtics have a chance to win in this series. Sway, what needs to happen in game three for the Celtics to stay alive in this series? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it sounds it, it sounds simple, but you got to knock down jump shots. You have to. Jay Crowder has to knock down those corners, corner shots that he usually does. Um, if you're going to get to the hoop, you get to the free throw line, I think that's a big a big uh, difference maker, I think. Uh, Isaiah Tom was able to do that. If Isaiah Tom was going to get to the free throw line tonight, he would have finished with, like, what, eight points? I mean, that was huge for them. I think that was huge in terms of uh, slowing down the Hawks' momentum. But, again, what happened after that? They were missing jump shots. They are missing open looks. I mean, that's what the most frustrating part, right? I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of these shots, they're, they're not even contested, you know? Whereas the Hawks are knocking down shots that are, you know, maybe a few a few corner shots are open, but those are contested too, you know? So, I feel like the, the Hawks, though, I mean, Sean talked about it before coming into the series. The Hawks are a team that you can really, you can jump out to a lead if you're able to knock down shots and if you're able to get into your fast break. They, they do really, they did a really good job in these two games of preventing the Celtics from getting into their fast break. Again, an entire first half, just like game one, not a single fast break point was, was, was scored for the Celtics. In game two, you know, tonight, the Celtics got eight. In game one, they got 14. I think that's your points are going to be huge. I mean, defensive rebounds, you have to outlet that ball and get it going. But I really do believe that this team is going to rally behind their fans in game three. I don't think you're going to see the same outing out of the Celtics. Well, they I'm better not. I'm not say it's going to be a blowout or, or going to be like, you know, uh, a double-digit victory. But I don't see the Celtics letting let, – I don't see the Celtics having another horrible first half like they did in these first two games. I don't. I think I have – Two answers to this question. First thing I think Sway definitely touched on is fast break points. The Celtics are a fast break team. They they are not a good shooting team. I mean, let's face it. Like, if you look at the stats, if they get, yes, they have guys that can knock down shots. They they're not a good overall shooting team. I think they're one of the, one of the the bottom ten shooting teams in the NBA this year. So I I. I I, they need to they need to capitalize on the fast break. And my number one thing, my number one thing is Jay Crowder needs to play like Jay Crowder. He is the bread and butter of this team. I know Isaiah Thomas has struggled, 
but you know he's been a little he's been a little hesitant. I don't know. I feel like he's gonna turn it around. He's still he's still he's still going at it, and it still seems like Thomas. But Crowder just seems like a shell of himself. And I know he said he's playing around seventy five percent. I know he's have um, you know hobbled by that ankle injury. But if the Celtics have a chance, if the Celtics have a chance of of, of bringing this back to two two. You're going to need two big games by Jay Crowder. By big games, I mean right around 20 points, right around six, seven rebounds, couple assists, couple steals, couple big plays, and those, and a big time threes. Definitely not how he played tonight or the first quarter. I mean, in the, in in tonight, yeah. I think he was what one for eleven. No, he was one for nine, had two points, seven rebounds, though. And so, he had ten rebounds in game one. Right, right. So yeah, I think rebounding is fine. For one for 11, though. Right, one off. for 11 and one for 11. One for 11 was Marcus Smart. Was Marcus Smart. What did he go, one for nine tonight? One, Jay Crowder, one yeah. for nine. One for nine tonight. Guess what he was in the first first half of last last week? He was one for nine. Well, he, I mean, he ended up putting fourteen points up in game one. Yeah, but they was, were they that was on that was on their big comeback, and he had some big threes, and he looked like he was showing signs of back of back of regular Crowder. He was not able to carry that over tonight. He was he played thirty minutes, shot eleven shots, only made one. I don't think he got to the free throw line once. It's 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 not good basketball from Jay Crowder, and that needs to change because if they can't get uh, you know if they can't get production from the only wing player they have, they have no chance. And I know I said Celtics in five. I still think that this is a disappointment that the Celtics aren't winning in five because I think the whole reason why I said that was because the Hawks aren't a great team and they haven't shown to be a great team. The Celtics have just way underperformed to I think what we all thought they could do. Well, um, for me, I think the Celtics need to, they need to get to the free throw line more and they need to be more aggressive. You know, moving the ball around, I feel like the ball has been very stagnant. I mean, the first game, they had 27 assists. In game two, they only had uh, 16 assists. That's a big drop-off for them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, that's a, that's, like, that's kind of like bread and butter. Uh, fast break points, uh, Ducha, you had mentioned that that needs to go up. They had 15 in game one and only eight in game two. So that's all second half, that's all second half fast yeah. break points, too. Yeah. So, that, I mean, in transition points, that's, that's like I said, that, that goes together with, with, uh, they need that. With the fast break points, they need to, they need to, Get steals, uh, move the ball around, find the open man, and uh, and put on top of the fast break points. Not to cut you off, but the Celtics need fast break points, and Isaiah needs fast break points. Isaiah is Isaiah is really good at getting getting ahead, getting the, moving on those fast breaks and getting those buckets. That's where his bread and butter is to score those buckets. So if, if they can't get him, not only does Celtics struggle, but Isaiah is going to struggle too. But keep going. Yeah, no, I mean to to. Uh, piggyback off my own point about getting to the free throw line. Celtics in game two only went to the free throw line twelve times. I mean they were they hit eleven of their free throws, but in game one they went to the line nineteen times. So I mean if that can get that back up to around there, you know nineteen twenty and beyond, then I mean I think you give you, you, yourself a chance to uh, to add more points on the board with the clock stopped and and it, it's just those those two things getting to the free throw line and and moving the ball around. I think those. That's gonna that's gonna help the Celtics big time in Game Three, and the rest of the series. Well, yeah, and and let's not forget too that that was a big reason why they were able to come back. I mean, not only because of the in Game One, of course, not only because of the fast break points, but because they were getting to the free throw line and they were making the majority of those free throws. Um, Isaiah Thomas was the the big you know leader in that in that comeback, along with along with David Bradley. 
I think when the when the Celtics get the fast way going, you can really get the, they get their opponents with their back against the ropes, and that's when they're able to really get rolling. We haven't seen this, this entire uh, game two. I thought the Celtics just they were never in a rhythm or never they, they didn't look like they were ready to go on that big run that we've seen them do, and a lot of that starts and ends with the fast break. Atlanta knows that. Atlanta seen the Celtics a handful of times this season. I just really think that their defense and the way they've gone into the series and their, and their game plan is just they have the Celtics down to a T in terms of how to slow them down. Again, though, I think a team like the Celtics, a young team that, you know, came off of not too long ago a humongous comeback against the Heat at, the, at home, I feel like that's they, they – I don't want to say the Celtics can't win on the road, but when you're down 0-2 and you're coming home, I mean, regardless – of being down 0-2, that crowd's going to be ruckus. It's going to be going nuts. It's going to be, you know, we're waiting for them. And I just feel like they're going to just fall right into what they were doing in, in, in the last few games at the end of the season. I really do. All right, fellas, do they win game three? Yes. Sway? Yes. I think yeah, they will let's as just well. Start there, though. Let's <laughs> they not have, get to game four. They have to win game three. <laughs> they have to. Like, forget forget the rest of the series. Just for, We're just going to we just focus on game three right now. I I think they win game three. Yeah, they will. They will win game three. And here's my bold prediction that Gina will be playing. Uh, you also said they were going to be up three nothing right at this point. Listen, <laughs> no, well, I didn't say three. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah two you, nothing. Well, two nothing at this point, but you said three nothing overall. Yeah. So I don't know. They should be. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. <laughs> did the Hawks play? Did the, did the Hawks play great? Did the Hawks play great that they should be down o two right now? But that's, but that's just it though. Like the Celtics need to take advantage. Of the fact that Millsap hasn't gone off yet. Right. What if and, he goes off in game and, three? And, and you know what? I think that that's where... Corbin Cor- Cor- didn't go off in game one. He went off in game two. But that's what I was saying. I, I, I feel like the Hawks haven't come out like guns blazing in this playoff. Like, they haven't. And I thought that the Celtics would be looking at last year's playoffs, looking at this year's playoffs, looking at the matchups, looking at what they... You know, they have a chance to win the series. And instead... They came out flatter than flat. They can't. I think last year they, they were probably closer in the games that they were than they were game two. So, I I don't know. I I I, I don't know, dude. I think you got to give it to Atlanta. I think they they kind of came out guns blazing in that first quarter. No, I mean no. The the Hawks came out guns blazing, and then they didn't hit a shot for like the last seven minutes of the first half, where the where the Celtics couldn't capitalize on anything. So it's not like, it's not like they're yeah. playing a full forty eight. It's not like they're playing a full forty eight. I mean, uh, I I don't know. You know what? I mean, and, and I, I was obviously wrong about the game, Celtics in five, but I still think that the Celtics will win this series. I mean, with Bradley with Bradley out, Teague's gonna go off tonight as he did the end of game one, right? So that's another thing to look for because he might go off in game two, uh, game well, three. So you don't want that to happen. I mean, he played well tonight. Teague played well tonight in the first quarter, but other than that, I know he didn't really have to, but he also didn't play that that great the rest of the. The 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 rest of the three quarters tonight. But no, I know, but that's 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 like that's my that's my whole point about about these guys who are supposed to go off who are not who haven't really gone off right, yet. Right, and then that, and that's a potential to happen in game three. So game three, we all got the Celtics winning, which is going to be good because we got some big announcements going on in game three. We sure do. We are going to be at the Causeway Street Restaurant and Bar that's literally on Causeway Street, and. uh Tim, the manager, is happy to have us, and we're He's wanna... happy to have us. Does he know us? He he knows us. He knows us. Are you sure? Because well, he I... knows he knows Sway. He knows Sway. He, don't he know wouldn't us. be very happy to have us all there. I don't well, think. I mean, he, I he's think he's ha- gonna have us all there. Well, he's happy. <laughs> he's happy that he's happy that we've asked 
to party with him yeah. in pregame fashion. Oh, and it's going to be a party. And it's going to be a party. So anybody going to the, to the Celtics game. Or not going to Celtics On game. Friday night. Oh, yeah, or not. If you just want to just hang out before the game and, 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 and enjoy some, some good drinks and some good food, come down. We'll be, we'll, we'll be broadcasting live uh, starting at 5. Uh, p.m. Eastern time. 5 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> And we're gonna be, you know, if you can't make it down there, we'll also be, we'll, we'll, we'll put good. up the link to, on the on the web on the web page. Yep. So that you can listen to us live and enjoy the festivities. You and know, if you want to come, like I said, come join us. And we may even let you get on on the podcast. I mean, you never know what's gonna happen. I mean, people will be people will be over there. You know, it'll be a good time. Shout out to uh, Causeway Street. It's crazy that we shame uh, share the same name. Well, they're Causeway Restaurant and Bar. Causeway, no street. No street. Just, no street, Causeway. just Causeway. Mm. Causeway Restaurant and Bar. So we're Causeway. That's right. That's right. And Tim is pumped to have us, man. He can't. He, he can't wait to host this party. So we're gonna have to try to get him on. He's gonna be. He's gonna be uh, shy in front of the mic, but we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see yeah. if we can get him on. Oh yeah, we'll get him. On. It's the official game three pregame party yes. at Causeway Restaurant and Bar. The official. Come join us. The official. Official. Gotta get pumped because the Celtics are not. I don't think the Celtics are gonna let this, the the Garden Faithful down. You know, after after what happened last year, and especially what happened, what's happened in the first two games, they're gonna come out. They can't fall into a double digit hole again. I don't think they will. No, I I mean, if they do, I'm I'm the two for two for eighteen dollar Heineken deal is gonna be going out, uh, sold out at the Garden <laughs> by uh, quarter one. But um, all, all I'm gonna all I'm gonna say is this: the Celtics can't can't have a repeat of last year and get swept. They can't. So. Come out! I know, I know the garden's gonna be packed. I know it's gonna be raucous. That place is gonna be, that place is gonna be one of the biggest. Uh, the Celtics are gonna prove why they have one of the biggest home court advantages in the in the in the NBA. But the Celtics still need to come out and show up. So let let's see what happens. Again, come down, party with us, get pumped for the game. And for more details on that, peep the at Causeway Street Twitter, and what's the Facebook link? Facebook.com backslash Causeway Street blog. Yeah. And guess what? There's going to be an invite sent out to every damn one of you who's following us. <laughs> Come on down and join us. So like it's going to be cool. We can, we can meet everybody in person and, um, I don't know, talk, talk some good Celtics before the game. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Snapchat. We're all over the social media and interwebs. And we're, we'll, we'll be, we're going to be happy to hang out with you guys and, and, do, and do what we do. And we'd, we'd like to thank our guest, Sway, uh, live from Atlanta, dude. He's just getting out of the game down there. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just on vacation, man. I didn't even go to the game. I watched the game at a bar. Yeah. I didn't even go. Oh, oh, nice. But you'll be back in time for the, for the pregame party, right? You taking a, you taking a red eye? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to fly into Logan hours before. There you go. We'll all be waiting for your arrival like like the Pope. <laughs> it's the uh playoff edition game two once again the celtics drop another one 89 to 72 but they're coming back home for game three help us help us get the celtics back on track by we'll participating at our pregame party before game three there we go yeah, we better see you guys there come through causeway Won't restaurant causeway restaurant and bar right on causeway street it's literally on causeway street and party with us at Causeway Street. Yes, let's do it. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right, ladies and gents. We out. Peace.